Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sid, I'm not going to lie. Not a great performance from your guy, Eli Manning, yesterday on the old fantasy football team. That that really hurts my heart to hear. A big six points for the whole team from old Eli, your he, buddy Eli. He tried his best. I bet, I'm sure he did. Uh, well, I mean, he he delivered some big points. Now we, uh, it's worth pointing out that you insist that we include Eli Manning on the team every year. I really love starting, Eli. not just on there like a mascot, but like starting. No, I really love Eli Manning. I think that he is the better of the Manning brothers. He just he hasn't tapped his full potential yet. What 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 does he require to tap his full potential? I mean, I've told you before. The main thing is that you have to believe in him. He's had a. It's been tough. Can you imagine what it's like being Peyton Manning's little brother? Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be really hard. And then you also decide to be a football quarterback. Right. That That would be tough. Yeah, and so the you know he's constantly doubting himself and questioning his abilities, and so he needs you to believe in him. He's like Tinkerbell. Okay, you've got to clap and believe, and he will. Were you believing in him yesterday? Obviously not hard enough. Maybe. Okay. Here, I'd like to offer a counter theory. Maybe you were believing hard enough and the blame lies somewhere else. Maybe it was those refs. That's what it was. It was those refs. Hey, ref, are you, are you blind not, out there? Not my boy Eli. It was the ref's fault. The refs. Uh, they all, they've all got cataracts and they can't see what's happening on the field. Do you, do you know what cataracts are? I can't see when Eli actually scored a touchdown and a cataract keeps you from seeing when he ran it in like a big football hero that he is right cataracts specifically present you from seeing touchdowns yes that's the thing they do that's the thing that they do eli touchdowns specifically (laughs) okay i'll admit i don't actually know what cataracts are or anything about them i think mandy patinkin had to have one fixed once because he had very dark sunglasses on an award show i vaguely remember seeing him in (laughs) that's that's your entire knowledge of my some knowledge of cataracts there it is well why don't i tell you some more about them hit me uh, first of all, thanks to Ashley, who sent us an email suggesting this topic, pointing out that we've had a shortage of eye topics in general. Thanks, Ashley. I don't so, know why that is. It's not intentional, for sure. No. Although, I will say, uh, we're going to talk about cataracts and largely the history of cataract surgery. So if you're one of those people that get squeamish with eye stuff, I'm sorry. Yes. You may want to choose another of our fine episodes <laughs> to enjoy. Sydney. 
obviously cataracts don't explicitly prevent you from seeing Eli Manning's touchdowns that he I know he must have had because you believed in him so hard. <laughs> so what what is a cataract? Uh, basically, a cataract is when, you know, your eye has a lens. Right. Right. Just like a camera or a microscope or whatever. A lens that helps focus your vision. And the lens in your eye can get cloudy over time due to uh, like the cross-linking of the proteins. Don't worry about it. The lens gets cloudy. Uh, there are lots of different causes, uh, most commonly just old age, but it can be caused just genetics, trauma, there's some infections. But the result is at the end of the day, your vision gets cloudy because the lens itself is now cloudy. Um, so how do, you, how do we address that? How do, where do you even start? Well, the the basic treatment for cataracts even as we go back throughout history has always been surgery mm -hmm. there's some other things i'll throw in there but the main thing has been surgery and it is probably one of the oldest surgical procedures hmm. which i think is kind of interesting that one of the first surgical procedures we decided to attempt involved sticking sharp things in somebody's eye yeah let's just go whole hog yeah do you think it's because you can see a cataract from the outside right yes do you think that's why because like we maybe could establish some sort of game plan because we could actually like see it, see the issue. That makes sense. That makes sense. So it was worth the risk because we thought we, if we could just get to that that white area that we can right. so clearly see. Right. It's like when you have an eyelash and you think, well, I know the problem here, except for cataracts. Except you usually don't use like a copper blade to remove an eyelash. I would eyelash. not use a copper blade to remove an eyelash. Absolutely not. But everybody tried to remove cataracts. The Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans. Um, there's an ancient Egyptian statue from like 2400 BC that shows a priest where they have specifically like chipped a little white patch in one of his eyes representing cataracts. Huh. Um, do you know where the word cataract comes from? I do not. As you cer almost certainly guessed. Yeah. Sometime you're going to have to surprise me and look this up ahead of time, and then you'll just say yes. What a twist. Uh, it comes from the Latin for waterfall. Huh. Uh, the, in the Greek word, it, it kind of means downrushing. So it, it references the fact that when water moves quickly, it looks white. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Oh, well, all right. That seems kind of indirect, but sure. I don't know. I I mean... You know, all these Latin words, they had to come up with something fancy you and creative. You gotta call it something. You can't just, right. you know, can't just say, like, white spot. White spot. I white spot. <laughs> uh, it used to be believed that the cause of cataracts was a fluid around your brain that flowed down into your eye and formed a little white membrane. As if these weren't already upsetting enough, we decided to postulate, like, the most upsetting <laughs> theory of what could be causing the issue. This was later, of course. Where linked. was the optimism, old-timey people? <laughs> this was later linked to um, the humors, of course, imbalance of the humors and different fluids. But but in general, it was just thought that if we could get in there and get that little kind of dried patch of brain fluid uh, out of your eye. I, I'm having trouble seeing it. It's kind of an impediment to my day-to-day -day life. Oh, I know your problem. Your brain is leaking. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's way better. I no feel, big deal. No big deal. Just my brain leaking? Awesome. No big deal. We'll just fix the brain leak because we understand that. We think the earth goes around the sun, but you go ahead up in there. You get up in there and fix that brain leakage. Now, now, they weren't actually trying to fix the brain leak. They were just going to remove the little bit of it that dried up on your eye. Um, so so how, did we, uh, how did we try to address it? Okay, so let's talk about our first cataract surgeries and remember this was done with pretty much zero knowledge of eye anatomy okay or any 
anatomy. And anything. I mean, just like, I don't know. I can see that white spot. Let's see how I... I'm going to get that. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get it. So the the first procedure was called needling. It's already awful. It's called needling. It's very unpleasant. Uh, the Egyptians used this technique. They had flat copper knives. We actually found these knives um, in the tombs of, of buried, you mm-hmm. know, like Egyptian royalty. Uh, so I guess you would want those among your pers- like your possessions in the afterlife. Okay, I'll, I'll never want to forget this moment. <laughs> that moment then when that doctor, that fake doctor, stuck a flat copper knife in my eye. All my highlights, <laughs> all my greatest hits are in here. So basically you would take this and you would slice into the edge of the cornea, which is kind of the clear part that's in the front of your eye. And then you would wedge the lens out of place. You didn't know that's what you were doing, but you would push on the white spot until it moved. <laughs> okay. Now what you what you were doing, as I said, was you were you were actually kind of removing the lens from its supports and letting it just fall into the your your eyes full of just this this gel, this vitreous gel. So you would just kind of let it fall into that gel. I know. I told you asked me if I could handle this before, and I said, "Oh, it shouldn't be a problem. I'm a big tough guy. Like I'm okay. I'm all right." And it made see the thing is, once you did this, you would think you'd been really successful because then that white area that you could clearly see the cloudy thing because you can see cataracts. When people have cataracts, you can look at them and you know that that's what they have. It would you would move the lens out of the way so you wouldn't see the white area anymore. So it looked like you fixed it. Mm-hmm. you know from the outside now as the person with the eye that is being operated on you now have your vision is no longer cloudy but it's completely unfocused because you uh, don't have a lens right so it'd be like a camera if you took the lens away okay and you just had your so, aperture there opening and exactly letting light in right exactly and it was very clear but nothing's focused um this technique would was later used in japan exact same you know, procedure, but then they would try to suction out the old lens, suction out the white spot afterwards. Hmm. Um, this was, as you can imagine, all very risky. Yeah, I, I would imagine. This does not sound safe. No, no. Uh, obviously, there was a huge risk of infection when you did this. Um, there were no, you know, we didn't understand sterilization techniques. So the copper knives that were being used, there's no reason to think that they weren't covered in bacteria. Um you would almost certainly lose your vision and in the worst case scenario, lose your whole eye. I, I, I can't believe people even attempted it. And they didn't stop there. Oh, good. Uh, the other procedure, which I say follows, but actually kind of was maybe concurrent to mm-hmm. the needling procedure and then overtook it was couching. Um, and this is actually described in the Bible. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In what you, what you would call the Apocrypha in Tobit. Okay. <laughs> Uh, they described this procedure. This was also done in Egypt. It became really popular in China. I'm going to tell you how it's done, but th- I think this is interesting. All the way until like the mid 1900s, oh it was God. popular. Um, so you use again like a flat, sharp knife, right? And in this procedure, instead of just kind of like trying to knock the lens loose, you actually try to dislodge it and shove it as far back in the eye as you can. Cool. After that, you want to, or, or while you're doing it, you want to keep uh, rinsing the eye, irrigating it with breast milk. Okay. Um, a willing donor, hopefully, standing by. <laughs> who's just ready to supply with breast milk to soak all over your eye that you just cut a hole in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you've got the, once you've actually dislodged the lens and you can't see the white spot anymore, you want to have your patient blow his nose 
but like the, just the one nostril. So if you're if you're if you're fixing the left eye, you want him to plug up the left nostril and blow out his right nostril to achieve to blow out the white stuff that was in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> they they thought it was some kind of phlegm. This is, a, you know, I talked about like the humor thing kind of overtook thing. That was some kind of phlegm and you could blow it out your opposite nostril once you've knocked it loose. I try to be inherently charitable to people. I, and so when, you know, we didn't understand a lot of disease and people would say, you know, I, I don't know what's going to fix this, but I'm going to take a shot. You know, I'll put it, put a chicken on my head or <laughs> put some poopy in a milkshake or whatever. I get it. But like. When a doctor's game plan is this shaky, but his <laughs> opening play is here's the here's what I do know: we are definitely going to cut your lens off and shove it into your eyeball. <laughs> Beyond that, I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to be really faking it from that point on. But like that's the opener that that's the opening play. Do you are you still on board for this? Is baffling to me. <laughs> So you, I mean, can you imagine that scene where you've got the doctor standing there with his knife that he's aiming at your eye? And I don't know. I like to imagine that there's actually like a lactating woman standing there with a cup, mm -hmm. like ready to express some fresh breast milk into a cup and then hand it to you. Mm -hmm. And then to top it all off, after he asks you to blow your nose, he's going to soak your eye in clarified butter. Delicious. Per succulent. <laughs> that goes great with the breast milk you've already soaked your eye in, I yeah. guess. Yeah. This is we're like halfway to a tart now, an eyeball, <laughs> an, the, an eyeball aperitif. They make the point that uh, during this almost bouche <laughs> during this procedure, please try to avoid belching, coughing, spitting, sneezing, or shaking, or dying. If you could avoid <laughs> dying from how much this all sucks, that would be excellent too. I think it's a good rule of thumb that anytime anyone has something near your eye, don't belch, cough, spit, sneeze, shake, or yeah, move. Really, breathing would be hard. Yeah. Uh, this was actually paired later in China with acupuncture, and it was part of traditional Chinese medicine, this this procedure. Um, it vanished for a while, but like I said, in the mid-1900s, it had a revival because Chairman Mao really liked it. He really liked traditional Chinese medicine, and he was like, yeah, this is definitely something we should do. Um, it's not it's not practiced there much now. It's faded out again. Oh, that's good. good uh, there, for them. there was a time period where this was one of the procedures that some of like the traveling like quack doctors who sold their crazy medicines mm -hmm. would do. So all throughout Europe, they would travel around, come in, do some couching procedures on some people with cataracts and then hightail it out of town because they knew they didn't know what they were doing. They knew that it always ended up leaving people blind. They well, knew mostly that the blind. people they did it on were going to have trouble finding them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so they got out of town before people could could realize like, oh, that was a terrible thing and it didn't help at all. Hmm. This is how Handel was blinded in one eye. Oh. Yeah. It, did it help at all? I mean, was there? No, I mean, it no. looked nice. Cause now you look, I mean, you don't look like you have cataracts anymore, but your vision's completely unfocused. And likely you got, you get a terrible infection and maybe lose the entire function of your eye in the process. But even if it goes right, you still have completely unfocused vision. So Man, it's, people must it's not have successful. cataracts. Man, that must be annoying. The thought process behind people who would see the results of it, but then maybe, you know, like you'd know somebody who had it done and they would tell you, yeah, I, I still can't see, and then get it done. The idea was, depending on what your occupation was, let's say all you do is plow a field. Mm -hmm. You don't really need precise vision to do that. Right. So there were people who were desperate enough to say, well, if this succeeds, while my vision will be completely unfocused, I won't have that 
you know, cloud in the way that prevents me from seeing anything. Right. So I can at oh. least walk a straight line. And that was why people took the risk. That's rough. What else, Sid? Well, before I tell you about that, it's that, uh, it's that time of the week again, Justin. You're going to have to visit our billing department. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, so next, uh, next, next treatment. So, what else we got? Well, a lot of people realize with these couching procedures, as, and this was at the time, you know, this this overtook anything else. This is all that was being done. If you're going to treat your cataracts, you're going to have a couching procedure done. Uh, that the lens itself, or what you know, we didn't know it was a lens at the time. What mm-hmm. the white spot uh, could move around inside the eye and could actually even the it could float back into your field of view. 
<laughs> so the decision was made that they needed to find a way to remove it. Okay. To actually get it out of there. Get that lens out. So uh, as suction devices were invented and physicians started using suction in like the surgical field, you know, to right. like suck blood out and stuff. They started trying to use those to remove the lens instead <gasps> of just shoving it out of the way. Oh, my God. So they would take like a hollow copper tube or bronze tube and insert it into your eye. Can we not? To try to suck the lens out. And when I say suck the lens out, if you wonder what I mean by that, I, I will say that uh, this is a quote from one of the medical texts. What what do you need to perform this procedure? A large incision in the eye, a hollow needle, and an assistant with an extraordinary lung capacity. Excellent. And I'm assuming the devil-may-care attitude is implied. <laughs> just the willingness to really take it to the limit and just really... Just go for it. I like to think it's similar to that thing we, we got to clean out Chuck's nose. Oh, yeah, that, that sucking tube. Mm -hmm. to, ooh, so I you finally... can suck the boogers out of your kid's oh, nose. Oh, that's love. That's true love. Mm -hmm. um, although this is somebody else's eye that you're sucking Did on. it work? Uh, yes, eventually. Not at first. Ooh. Still um, in the theoretical stages. This was in 1747, French surgeon surgeon Jacques Daville uh, performed it mm -hmm. and actually got the eye, actually got the lens out of there. And then it was finally, the technique was perfected in the 1800s um, so that they could remove it. Now, again, this doesn't really fix the problem, though, because so we've identified that we've got this cloudy spot. We still at this point don't quite know what it is. Uh, now we know how to dislodge it and we know how to remove it. I mean, because that's what you would do. That's what we learned. You can't just go in there and suck it out of there. You kind of have to cut it away and then suck it out of there. Mm -hmm. So they figured out how to do that. But again, you're still left with completely unfocused vision. So the next step was we need to put something back there that will replace the lens. And this obviously, before we were able to do that, we had to identify that, okay, this is the lens that we're removing. Mm -hmm. So that was the big breakthrough. Doctors figured out that the the problem wasn't that there was white goo in your eye, it was that the lens itself basically was intrinsically damaged. Okay. So if we're gonna remove the lens, what can we put in its place? Well, nobody knows like what is safe to put in an eyeball. Yeah, contact lenses, could they just use those? Well, that wouldn't be strong enough. I mean, mm. you, you, the, the eye is completely unfocused. I mean, think about it. You yeah. know, that's a powerful lens you've got in your eye, and, and now it's gone. So we need something that goes back into the eye. And it's the positioning, too. You know, contact lenses are on the exterior. You need something that's actually in that, hmm. okay. you know? Right. So during World War II, uh, there was an ophthalmologist in uh, England, Sir Nicholas Harold Lloyd Ridley. Sir Nicholas Harold Lloyd Ridley. That's a heck of a name, too. Yeah. And That's he, somebody who's bound for greatness, you can just tell. <laughs> he noticed that pilots in the Royal Air Force who got pieces of shrapnel from a, that were made of a certain material stuck in their eye, that it didn't bother them, that it never caused them problems. And this certain material is polymethyl methacrylate. Okay. So, so now that you know that, right. hurry, write that down. I know you want to memorize it. I'm just going to say PMMA. There you go. Uh, but the, he noticed that it didn't seem to bother him. And so he thought... It didn't bother them? Well, I mean, you know... They I mean, I would probably speak up. <laughs> they weren't pleased about it. Like, they weren't thrilled. I'm not super jized about the PMMA stuck in my eye, but I wouldn't say it bothers me. Well, it wasn't causing him constant problems. Okay. And so he made a lens out of it. All right. And in 1949, the first lens transplant was successfully done. Excellent. And so at that point... 
the whole cataract surgery finally makes sense because removing the lens isn't very helpful unless you got something to put in its place. And so that kind of, since then, you know, the evolution of cataract surgery has been refining that procedure, getting new materials to make the lens out of, finding better ways to remove the, the previous lens. Um, that, and that's kind of, you know, as I'll get to, that's the, that's the heart of cataract surgery now. Now, before I tell you what we do currently, though, I want to tell you about a couple other um, things that were attempted. Okay. Of course, Pliny had something to say about this. Had to get up in there. But, had to have his say. You know, I was really disappointed because when I looked up his his information on cataracts, it's kind of thrown in as an afterthought. He's really focused on um, the fig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's talking about all the great things that you can use figs for. And then he adds at the end, like, oh, and the ointment can be used for cataracts. Just throw some honey in there. I see. Figs and honey, I feel like he's just, like, recycling his old material. Like, it really feels like he's phoning it in at this point. It like, was really like a list. It was that like. Could have been, that could have been for any of your dumb solutions, Plenty. I think it was at the end of, like, his dissertation on the fig. Like, ah, oh, the fig. <laughs> Let us consider the, this delicious fig. I will say that, like, ground fig ointment with honey sounds kind of yummy. In your eye. Well, no, not in your eye. Just, you know. Just fig like and having honey. it. I love Fig Newtons. Some honey. I think Pliny was just a scam artist trying to con people out of figs. <laughs> Don't eat that. Are you, eat it. Are you serious? Put that in my fig sack. I've got to go treat people for eye things. Or, and he turns a corner and is like, oh, no, 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 figs. <laughs> I love him. He's like he's like a, a, a hamburger of figs. Of he's just figs. trying to scam honey and figs away from people. The, the healthier hamburger. Yeah, healthy Pliny hamburger. the elder. He loves figs. Uh, some other natural treatments that I actually found these aren't um, ancient. These are things that you will read now online mm-hmm. if you're looking for natural treatments for your cataracts. Uh, Pascalite clay and an herb that's called Dusty Miller, which I do like the name of that herb. <laughs> are said. To- I love Dusty Miller's uh, hit country single, These Eyes Aren't Crying, It's Just the Rain. <laughs> uh, that will dissolve them. Okay. It won't. No. No, it won't dissolve them. Um, there's also, of course, some homeopathic treatments, specifically with sepia. But those don't work. But that doesn't work either. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't you do can't that. dissolve a cataract, uh, and you certainly can't just with clay or herbs. There's some. Uh, there's always ongoing research. You know, is there a way to treat cataracts without surgery? Right now, there's not a reliable way. Maybe there would be. That would be great. But... Um, if somebody's telling you, oh, no, 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 I got this stuff to put in your eye. It's going to treat your cataract. I, I'd go see an ophthalmologist. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. In the 1980s, there was an ophthalmologist, L.R. Croft, who suggested that cataracts may have been the reason that the dinosaurs became extinct. What? Why? Well, his theory was that uh, it, what, the world was getting warmer at the time. There were increased temperatures. And it caused cataracts to form faster. And basically all of the dinosaurs got cataracts all at the same time and they all went blind and then I guess they died. I guess. I don't know. He doesn't really, it wasn't really described past that. It was like all the dinosaurs got cataracts and then they, yeah, and they were like running into each other. Maybe they're falling into volcanoes. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. (laughs) I have put up this gate so many times. Please. Stop walking into volcanoes, my friends. (laughs) He also thought um, that 
I thought this was just on a side note that this is why the dinosaurs had horns on their faces. Why? Because he need they need to protect their eyes from the sun. This guy is making this up. I don't buy this at all, sir. Yeah, I um as far as I know, that's not an accepted again. I am not this is another area where I am not an expert. Dinosaurs. Um, dinosaurs. Any animals, really. Um, so what do we do? What do we do now? <laughs> any, dinosaur, any animals living or extinct. Right. I'm, we're basically our lack of expertise on animals is pretty is pretty wide spanning. If if there is now a popular theory, if everybody is in agreement that cataracts made the dinosaurs go extinct, please let me know. <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, though, that's still not true. Uh, now. So what do we do now? Tell me. I you asked me. You're asking me. Yeah. What do you What do we do now, Justin? For cataracts. <laughs> Just Get them out and then get something else in there. Right? Well, yeah. That's okay. pretty much it. Yeah, cataract surgery is a very common surgery. Um, it's done uh, all the time. A lot of people have it done. It's very Cataracts are a very common cause of blindness worldwide. So uh, basically what they do, they use something mainly, and there are different techniques, but the main technique is uh, something called phacoemulsification. Mm-hmm where you basically use some ultrasonic waves and they break up the old lens. So you insert a little device in there, it breaks up the old lens, and then you suction it out. Not with your mouth, not with your assistant's lung capacity, Mm -hmm. but with a suction device. And you remove the old lens, and then they have these uh, teeny little foldable lenses that you can like slip through the tiniest little incision. It's really, it's, I mean, the surgery is incredible to watch. I, I watch some of them as a medical student and a resident. And you insert the little foldable lens back into the eye and it pops open and now you have a brand new lens. It's amazing. Um, And what's kind of cool, and this was something I didn't realize until after I went to medical school and I observed the procedure and then I started paying attention to this, you can kind of tell if somebody's had cataract surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, If you, when they turn their head, the light will catch that, that lens and glint off of it in a certain way. Oh. So if you ever notice somebody whose their eyes seem to twinkle a little bit more. Then they're Santa. Then they're Santa. No. Or they've had, the ca- they've had cataracts. Surgery. That's actually what I wrote in my outline. Then either they're Santa or they have cataracts. Yeah, I just stole the joke from you because I saw it oh. in your outline. Well, hey. Hey. That's not fair. Or you, you know what? Also, you may be in love. Uh-oh. You're in love with this old person. Who's Santa? <laughs> Who's Santa? in love with Santa. But they've had their cataracts fixed already. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, <laughs> listening to our uh, program. It is uh, an exciting time. Did you know that, Sydney? It, um, is, it is an exciting time to be a listener of Max Fun. It always is. But uh, it, this is a big week for us. It's Max Fun Week starting on Wednesday, uh, where we're going to be just celebrating this fine network that we call home. Um, we got a full slate of activities uh, lined up. Uh, just to run through these real quickly, Wednesday is Max Fun Trivia Day. Uh, there's going to be trivia questions about Max Fun shows from the Max Fun HQ uh, Twitter account. October 16th is going to be a big effort to leave a review on shows that you enjoy from Maximum Fun. Uh, Friday, you're going to be uh, uh, Judge John Hodgman fans will get to uh, weigh in on uh, on immediate summary judgment day. Saturday, you can draw the Adventure Zone Adventurers for a chance to win some stuff. That's our the my brother, my brother, me D and D podcast. They're 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 looking for artistic rep- representation. Sunday, October nineteenth is Max Fun Meetup Day. Uh, if you go to maximumfun.org/maxfunmeetup, you can find a list 
of a ton of uh, 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 meetups for listeners of Maximum Fun, and they're all over the country and in in the 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 uh, the world. We've got Canada uh, represented. We've got uh, North Carolina. We've got Turkey, Germany, France. Um, not West Virginia. Not West Virginia. I know. I just that's what I was looking for. Uh, unfortunately, no meetups in West Virginia. You and I can meet up. Yeah, we'll meet up somewhere. Uh, our uh, home. At our house. No, don't come to our house. Uh, we're doing AMAs. Reddit Ask Me Anything's. Uh, there's a My Brother, My Brother, Me one on uh, Thursday, October 16th. But uh, those are happening all week. Um, m- on Monday, October 20th is Share Your Favorite Episode Day. Where, uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. And then on the 21st, we're having a rocket coloring contest where you can take a shot at filling in the Max Fun logo in an artistic fashion. These are all at MaximumFun.org forward slash MaxFunWeek. Uh, you can find a whole list of activities, and it's going to be it's gonna be a blast. Um, and it's just a way for us to kind of say thank you to you and connect with you fine folks for listening to our programs and, uh, and help us blow it out and help get the word out about MaxFun. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, to Squarespace for supporting our show. Uh, that it, That is uh, hugely helpful to us, and we sure appreciate you. Thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their music uh, medicines for the intro and outro of our podcast. And thanks for all your emails, suggesting topics, and sharing stories. Yeah, we're Sawbones at MaximumFun.org if you want to get in touch like that, or you can follow us on Twitter at Sawbones. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, until next Tuesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.